Welcome to the Bible Answer Show, a live and lively forum that brings together pastoral and apologetic voices from across the Christian community to answer your scripture questions. Our show is hosted by Pastor Michael Lance of Living Truth Christian Fellowship in Corona, along with a panel of pastors and other invited guests. The phone lines are open now. So, you've got questions, we've got answers on today's Bible Answer Show. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. Good afternoon, everybody. It's the Bible Answer Show. Yes, I've been listening to Bring Crosby all morning, so um, that's where that came from. Number here is 1-800-227-5278. That's 1-800-227-5278. If you found us by accident, you are at the Bible Answer Show, where we're answering your Bible questions live. So uh, I don't know how you would find us by accident, but if you just happened to, then praise Jesus. We're glad you found us. It's no accident. It is no accident. I I definitely agree. Um, I was actually reading that in ancient Hebrew, there's no no word for coincidence. So. I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, anyway, people around the table with me today, we've got Pastor Coach Chris Van Hook. Hi, Cameron. Hey, Pastor Chris. We've got Pastor Brian Richards. I'm listening to Justin Bieber on for Christmas albums. Oh, are you? <laughs> He's got uh, a pretty good one. <laughs> I don't know what to say to that. Every, everybody needs to pray for Pastor Brian, please. Um, wow. And then sitting to my right is uh, Senior Pastor Michael Lance. <laughs> hey Cameron, this is uh, this become kind of a little, uh, uh, I guess, mini hospital room in here. Three of us are not feeling great, and there's a lot of sickness going around. Uh, so we're all just going to breathe on you the whole time. Yeah, Cameron. please don't. I, I'm going on vacation next week. Let's okay. not ruin it for we're me. We're going to pray that the Lord protects <laughs> that's you. The, in fact, that's why I'm here is because Mike Massaro's out too. So uh, uh, <laughs> let's you know, actually, Cameron, where I just uh, came from, uh, it really did look a lot like Christmas. Uh, I was in Estes Park, Colorado. And uh, we got about a foot of snow dumped on us overnight. Uh, really? On Saturday night, yeah. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah, that's great. We're heading to Sedona next week, so I don't know how much snow we'll get, but it's supposed to be pretty cold, so we'll see what happens. 1-800-227-5278 is the number to call. 1-800-227-5278. Cameron, let me jump in for a second. So sure. this is the Bible Answer Show, and if you're heading out to your car for lunch right now, or maybe your first time listener, or maybe you've been listening for a while and you've wanted to call, but you just couldn't get your fingers dialing. Well, now is the time we would love to answer your Bible question. If you're going through something personally, you need some pastoral uh, insight on. If you have a question about world religions, the cults, the occult, all of the above would be a good reason to call. Call right now. We do have open lines at 1-800-227-5278. All right, let's go to the grab bag while we wait for these callers to come in. Let's start with the uh, email from Paul here. It says, James 1.1 and 1 Peter 1.1. Are James and Peter both addressing their letters to Jewish believers who reside scattered throughout the Gentile world, or are James and Peter addressing different believer groups within the early church? Coach, you had some thoughts on this. Why don't you go ahead and start us off? Yeah, well, apparently, if you just look at the introductions to both letters, it would seem that they're both um, written to Jews. In First Peter, um, it says those who are scattered about, and so we know that that's uh, who Peter is addressing. And then James, it says to the 12 tribes, so we know that that refers uh, to the Jewish people at all, but as well. But I, I think one of the things that we always want to be careful about uh, is over-contextualizing um, things in, in that in that realm where we go, oh, well, this only was written to these particular people groups. These letters 
we're all inspired by the Holy Spirit, and um, obviously the Holy Spirit meant for them to be uh, read to all of us. And so what's contained in those might have a little more of a Jewish uh, flavor, might have you know, some references um, that would be easier for them to just you know, understand quickly. Um, but they were meant for all of us. And, and especially uh, in First Peter, um, you know, there's, there's this whole idea that even though these people are scattered out throughout different regions, it stresses our need to still live the life of a Christian. So whether they were in Jerusalem together or whether they were scattered out wherever they were, there's a call to holy and righteous living all the way through yeah. the books of Peter. And First Peter, Coach, as you well know, is a book that's written to a suffering church. Uh, Brian, First Peter 3.15 is the classic apologetics verse. And it's actually a verse that's interesting in its context because it's written to a people that are encouraged to give a reason for the hope that lies within them while they suffer. And if you study First Peter, you know, you, it, it talks about submission to governing authorities. It, it talks about um, uh, husbands and wives. There's a lot of application. Of, and of course, Christ becomes the preeminent example in the book, uh, who, while suffering threats, he did not retaliate. He didn't repay evil for evil, insult for insult, but he kept entrusting himself to him who judges righteously. And so, you know, some people argue that the backdrop of First Peter, guys, is actually the fires that happened in Rome and Nero mm -hmm. blaming the Christian church for the fire. And uh, they were literally in the fire. And Peter tells them, don't be surprised by the fiery trial, as though something strange were happening to you, right? Um, so uh, this is a church that I would argue, and hopefully uh, Paul, who has many insightful questions into scriptures listening right now, uh, I would argue here that the, the people group being uh, addressed, uh, unlike the book of James, is probably the wider Christian church. Just a little note I have in my notes when I uh, taught First Peter, Paul, is uh, the particular Christians to whom Peter is writing are those in Asia Minor, modern-day Turkey, north and west of the Tarsus Mountains. As the author indicates by mentioning the Roman provinces in that area, Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia. Strictly speaking, Pontus and Bithynia were departments of one province. But Peter's mind may have been journeying around a circle of churches, perhaps the route the messenger would take, which would take him back near his starting point. The course follows known routes traveled by the people of that day. And so there was kind of perhaps a route in mind here. And I would say that this would argue, Coach, that the audiences are different. I like what you said, too, that, you know, the application is to us. It's to the church as well in this modern age that we need to hear the message of First Peter afresh for our ears as well. But uh, I, would, I would argue just from those openings that it's a little different audience, but both groups are scattered abroad, maybe for different reasons. I, I think in First in Peter, the reason probably has to do more with uh, persecution and what's happening to the church at that time as opposed to uh, what James is talking about. So that's my shot at it. Brian, do you have anything to add? Okay. Nope. He listens to Justin Bieber. He doesn't have anything to add to that. I think he has them in his headphones right now. <laughs> I, know, he's, he's listening. I, was, I thought you were going to say you were listening to it in the monitor while we were... <laughs> 
<laughs> number here is 1-800-227-5278. Get your calls in early because we really want to interact with you guys. And uh, half hour goes by really quickly. So um, get those calls in early. If you're listening to us now, you can call as early as five minutes before uh, noon. And those calls will come in and we'll, we'll pick them right up when we get on the air. So uh, 1-800-227-5278. It's 1-800-227-5278. Uh, right now we're going to go back to the grab bag. Uh, this is an interesting one. Does 1 Corinthians 11 require women to wear a covering over their head while they pray, or was this important during the life of Paul? <laughs> thanks, thanks for picking that one, yeah. Cameron. That's Sorry, I was trying to... I thought we had a caller, so I wasn't prepared to go back to the grab bag. Can, can we all just start singing? It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. Everywhere you go. Uh, well, in 1 Corinthians 11... Uh, you know, there's some passages that go back, guys, to the orders of creation. And so in 1 Timothy 2, when Paul's arguing for a woman not being in a position of an elder uh, or not exercising authority over the church, it's clear that there he's going back to what we call the orders of creation. And he argues that Adam was created first, not Eve. And there's a, there's a symmetry there from uh, the leadership in the church and the home and, and it's based upon orders of creation that uh, Adam was given headship way back in the book of Genesis and so forth. When you have the, the teaching of the veil or the head covering in 1 Corinthians 11, I would argue that's more of a cultural thing that's going on. And I think it does tie, uh, and I'm doing this from memory, but it, it does tie from some of the women in the Corinthian church that were th- literally throwing off the veil. And uh, the idea there is they were they were not following the proper order there. And uh, so I would say it's not a mandate for today. I know that there are some churches that do say that this is the way that they want uh, women to pray and so forth. But I would argue that that's more of a cultural thing, not something that would apply today. And sometimes people make this application about wearing hats and, you know, there's other things that follow from this passage. What would you say, Brian? Yeah, this this is tough from that perspective. I, I agree that I, I think it's cultural. Um, Paul, you know, a, a, another example of this, Paul talks about in chapter 14, how, how women are to be silent. And um, it, it seems likely that that was cultural as well. Um, you know, I, I, I uh, did a trip to Thailand four years ago and saw this firsthand. It's really interesting. The women sat on one side and the men on the other, including married couples. And so in the Corinthian church, that could have been taking place. Women were interrupting the service, asking questions to their husbands and things like that. But on the flip side, you know, Pastor Michael, we always want to be careful of picking and choosing which passage or story is cultural and which one is universal for us. And that can be, that can be a bit tricky. It, it can. And, and uh, I think in this particular case, uh, what we look at, and I think when we look at the Corinthian church, we have to often just go through it and go, okay, what happened there just because of what was happening in that p- particular congregation, you know, that Paul was addressing um, because they did have a lot of practices that were kind of messed up. And Paul was correcting a lot of practices. And I think Pastor Michael hit it on the head here that um, there seemed to have been this um, more than just um, the covering it, uh, part of this, this yelling back and forth that may have been going on in the church. 
And Paul is saying, you need to just be quiet in the church. Go home and ask your husband when you have a question on this. Don't shout out this question in the middle of a church service. And it seems like they may have been just, um, it was almost the, uh, you know, early version of a women's liberation movement where they just really wanted to throw the all authority off of them and say, you know, th that we don't have that. And so, you know, um, I think that there is a, I, I agree with you completely, Pastor Brian. We have to be careful about picking and choosing these things. But these ones seem to be very particular, um, very specific issues that were addressed only in the Corinthian church. I don't see it anywhere else in Scripture, do you? No, no. And, and that's a good point. And um, so to your point, um, you know, I want our listeners to understand this too, because sometimes we can go, okay, well, what's cultural and what's universal then? <laughs> what's, what's our test? Well, here's a, here's a sure-proof test to know if a doctrine or a teaching applies any culture, any time, any people. Um, from a scriptural point of view, if it was prophesied in the Old Testament, if it was taught by Jesus, if it was practiced by the early church, and if it was confirmed by the epistles, then you can be sure that that is a doctrine or a teaching that is universal. If it doesn't pass that fourfold test, that's when we can have disagreement over it. Well, and the context here, I think, is plain of what was going on in Corinth. Uh, but this does have implications for other areas that are being debated in today's day and age. And some of it has to do with homosexuality, and some of it has to do with other areas of behavior and what's acceptable and what's not. And there are some people that are claiming, you know, well, now we have more understanding on certain issues, you know, uh, and there's there's people trying to make cultural arguments for other things as mm -hmm. well. So this does have implications, and I think this is why you have to be very careful. You have to understand the context of the passage. You have to understand the history behind what was going on, what questions were they asking, what was going on, what was the veil back in the day, what did that truly represent? And I think it's very clear that it represented submission, a wife's submission to her husband. So Yeah, and, and I think also that was some of the other issues that had to be addressed during that time had to do with marriage and the fact that, you know, you, you had in the Corinthian church people who were still in marriages and had become Christians within their marriage, one spouse, maybe the other spouse not. And they were, they were in, what do I do in terms of, do I divorce my husband because I became a Christian and he didn't? Um, and there was a lot to that because that husband may very well have been still going to the pagan temple and practicing the worship there, which meant they were involved with prostitutes. And so it was a legitimate question by the women, sure. what do I do here now? Um, so they had some really difficult issues to deal with. And in 1 Corinthians 7, Coach, as you well know, you teach a lot on marriage. Paul's really addressing questions that they had asked him. We don't have that letter specifically, but we can see that he's answering mm -hmm. questions that they they had submitted to him. And Gordon Fee writes an excellent commentary in 1 Corinthians 11. You might not agree with everything he says, but he makes an argument for this idea of the Corinthian women that were literally throwing off the veil. And they were basically leaving all the cultural things and even things that had to do with order and marriage. And they had argued that they, were, they had already entered into the eschaton, they had already entered into a form of the resurrection. So therefore, they were like the angels now. They were neither married nor mm. given in marriage and stuff like this. And so what it meant for them is they no longer had to have relations with their husbands. Maybe they weren't even considered married anymore. And there was a lot of chaos going on in the Corinthian church. So that's why when we study First and Second Corinthians, Brian, I know you taught Second Corinthians in Bible college. 
uh, we sometimes can call it first and second Californians, mm-hmm. right? Because there's, <laughs> yeah. there's a lot of application and a lot of order that Paul had to bring to the church and had to address some very difficult issues where people were just, you know, people were even saying that, you know, we'll wave the banner of grace when a, a man was sleeping with his father's wife. And Paul says, no, 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 <laughs> that, it doesn't work that way. And so there, that's where I think when you understand the fullness of the letter, you understand what's going on there. Absolutely. Number here is 1-800-227-5278. Get those calls in, guys. 1-800-227-5278. Um, was that... Well, Go that, to question that, number one, is that what that no, meant? Cameron, oh, okay. <laughs> although that could apply, but I did want to say something. You know, I know that as people listen to radio ministry, they hear a lot of radio ministries at this time of the year asking for money. One thing that I continue to hear is I continue to hear of these matching donations. Do you guys hear of this? That mm-hmm. some donor has uh, will match contributions to a ministry up to $500,000 or a million dollars. And I just would like to know, this is just a curiosity, where do these people come from? <laughs> and are you one of them? Are you listening right now? So, are you one of them? So President-elect Trump, if you happen to be listening. Uh... <laughs> and I would just say this, you know, uh, we don't want to spend a lot of time on asking uh, people to support the program, but we have to make the need known. We're really going to have to make some critical decisions uh, in the beginning of 2017 about the Bible Answer Show. And we've had some very generous supporters uh, give, but frankly, just to be quite candid, it's not going to be enough to carry us strong into 2017. So we'll have to make a decision. If this program is a blessing to you, you find it valuable to your walk, it's something that's edifying and encouraging your walk, then uh, I would encourage you to give. And here's how you can give to this radio program. You can go to livingtruthradio.org, livingtruthradio.org. Click on the donate button when you get to our homepage. Make sure you indicate radio ministry. If you can give a year-end gift, we'd really appreciate it. Uh, really prayerfully consider it. Um, you know, if this if this program's been a blessing to you and you can partner with us, that'd be great. And if you are one of those persons who has the, the ability to be that matching donator, uh, well, I pray that the Lord will just move on your heart. <laughs> because Living Truth Radio uh, as a ministry is really something that is done by a small group of people, but it's making a wide impact. And that's not just the Bible Answer Show. That's also our regular teaching ministry that's airing on several stations in different states. And Cameron, I just want to tell the listening audience that God has opened tremendous doors for us. Uh, I think there's a lot of significant impact going on, but we do need people to partner with us. And uh, you know, I don't want to beat this drum uh, for any longer than just to say, if you see this as a strategic ministry that you want to partner with, please go to livingtruthradio.org, click on donate and help us out. Please keep us in prayer. And if you want a way to give without going through the internet, you can give to Living Truth 1009 Arsenal Way, Corona, California, 92880. One more time. Living Truth 1009 Arsenal Way, Corona, California, 92880. Uh, the number here is 1-800-227-5278. 1-800-227-5278. While we're waiting for callers, Pastor Michael, tell them the story a little bit about how you got into radio, because that, that was kind of eye-opening to me and, and uh, an interesting story to me when you, when you told it. Oh. I didn't know that for about a couple of years until... Well, you know, one of the things, uh, and there's several things along the way, Cameron, but I think the story I shared with you is flying into Ontario Airport 
And, you know, when you start descending in a plane, you can see just all these homes, you know, home after home after home and things that, you know, you can kind of see, call it a little hazy from a distance, come into focus. And I was thinking about all the people that were in these different homes and thinking, Lord, really, it turned into a prayer. How can we reach all these people? And really what was placed upon my heart is radio, that radio becomes a tremendous platform to reach out to a, a bunch of people. And I know, uh, Cameron, often when we do this program, we'll have six, seven callers. Sometimes we'll have one or two. It's been quiet today, but I'll tell you, I know this. There's probably thousands of people listening to our voices right now. And the Christmas season can bring up all kinds of different issues. Um, you know, just in our own fellowship, we have people who are hurting right now. We have people who are struggling with their health. We have people who have gone through loss. Um, the gospel is for everyone. You may be a, a person who maybe you identify with another religion. Maybe you uh, identify yourself as an agnostic, but something and someone continues to draw you back to the truth of the Bible. And uh, my friend, let me just tell you right now, that's no accident. That's the God of the Bible who is calling you right now to himself. If you will hear his voice, and open your heart. He will save you. You know, the best thing that you could do this Christmas season is become a follower of the one who entered time and space to save your soul. His name is Jesus. You can meet him through opening up your life through prayer, repentance, prayer, and trusting him as your Lord and Savior. And so we would encourage you to do that and do it now. All right. Once again, the number here is 1-800-227-5278. And just real quick, I, I just want to add my two cents that part of the reason we're here, because I know, um, you know, Pastor Michael doesn't like asking for the money. It's it's a necessity. We, we need it in order to stay on the air. But part of the reason I'm still at this church is because I watched our elders and our pastors go through buying this new building that we have and the way that they did it, the way that they prayerfully considered it and didn't make any decisions, you know, off the cuff or, you know, just watching them go through that process really was something I'd never seen in a church before. It was it was really a blessing to me, and part of really literally part of the reason I'm still here was watching you guys go through that process. So, um, for the listening audience, it's not something he likes to do asking for the money, but it's just a reality of what's going to keep us on the air. So, I encourage you guys to go to livingtruthradio.org and see how you can give. Uh, right now, we're going to go to Joseph in Ontario, who's called in. If I can find my mouse, there it is. Uh, Joseph, you are on with the Bible Answer Show. Okay, I had a dream, but I committed a sin in my dream. Would that consider a sin in my dreams when I'm sleeping? Okay, Joseph, I, I, that's a great question, and I have had other people uh, come into my office and ask me that very same question. Is it possible to sin while you're asleep? Um, the answer to that, I don't think we could give one specific answer, but I do want to say this so that people understand. Things happen in our dreams that are... A lot of thoughts that we have through the day, experiences that we've had in the past, it all kind of gets jumbled together. Uh, and, and so they've asked that same question, well, if something happened in that dream, and I, I woke up and I remembered that dream, and I go, wow, that was bad, you know, am I accountable for that? And I think in one way the answer would be no. I, you didn't have any control over what happened in that dream. But what I would say is if there are too many thoughts uh, that are evil thoughts that are in our in our minds and in our thoughts, because maybe we were watching things that aren't good, uh, movies, television, or listening to things that are really not that good, that should tell us something. 
And that, what I think that we should take away from that is, you know, am I feeding my flesh all day long or am I feeding my spirit? And I think you'll find when you're feeding your spirit all the time that you might find that you don't have some of the same things happen in your dream. So are you accountable specifically for what happened in the dream? I don't think so. But if you wake up and you realize, my gosh, why do I have these kinds of thoughts going on while I'm sleeping? Is there some things in my life that, you know, would come out in a kind of a jumbled up dream like that? It might tell us that we need to think about what we're doing during the rest of our time and say, I got to remove some things here. Pastor Chris, great answer. Uh, I love that. Um, yeah, I, I agree that I don't think there's a, the Bible directly says whether, you know, having a dream, you know, can be considered sin or not. Um, and I totally agree with what you said that our dreams are really a reflection of our thoughts. Um, you know, our, our brain is going through that process um, throughout the night. And so, so yeah, if, if you're, you know, we are what we think. So if you're filling your mind with a lot of uh, dark things, that can be a reflection in your dreams. And that should uh, cause you to reflect on what you're filling your mind with. You know, I also think of Daniel in, um, in the book of Daniel uh, in the Bible where um, he, he had many dreams and a lot of these dreams troubled him. Um, and he, there was other people who had dreams that uh, it troubled them and, and, Daniel was able to give interpretations to those dreams and stuff. So, um, so even in Scripture, there is a lot of mention of dreams. It says in Acts mm -hmm. chapter two that old men will dream dreams in the days leading up to the return of the Lord. So, yeah. um, I think dreams are significant, um, and and it should cause us when we wake up to you know maybe it doesn't hurt to just say, hey Lord, why did I have this you dream? Know, that's so great, Brian, because I've done that, and I'm. Uh, <laughs> I guess I, I don't what you would call it exactly, but I remember my dreams a lot. And so if I wake up in a, in a very, uh, you know, realistic type of a dream and something like that has happened, that's exactly what I'll do. I'll go, Lord, what was going on there? If there's anything in my mind or my heart that you need to remove, please re remove it right now. And I think you guys said some key words, if and can. Uh, dreams can have great significance, and sometimes they mean absolutely nothing. Yeah. Uh, it's interesting that our caller's name is Joseph. <laughs> and, and there was a Joseph in the Bible that uh, was pretty good with dreams. He had some dreams that he probably shouldn't have shared, but God was sovereign all, over all of that. And then, of course, he was also an interpreter of dreams. I think dreams sometimes can have significance, but at other times they mean nothing. Sometimes they may have to do with what we're, we were thinking about. Sometimes we could have the most spiritual day of our lives and have a dark dream. Yeah. And maybe... The, the source is not necessarily known to us. So Sometimes it's just that burrito and coffee that you had yeah. too late in the evening. <laughs> but I would say this, you guys gave good advice that, hey, if there, if there is anything, Lord, search my heart and cleanse me of it. But uh, I would just leave it there and not, not try to, not to make too much of it. Great. Bible Answer Show is produced by Shane Lance and Cameron Thomas. Special thanks to our uh, call screener, Joel, today, and to the gentlemen around the table. Remember that Living Truth Radio is a uh, listener-supported, or the Bible Answer Show is a listener-supported ministry, so go to livingtruthradio.org to see how you can give, and we will catch you tomorrow on the Bible Answer Show. Thanks for joining the conversation on the Bible Answer Show. To find out more about the radio ministry, Michael Lance, or the church he pastors in Corona, Living Truth Christian Fellowship, visit livingtruthradio.org. Please tell your friends about us and invite them to join us any weekday here on K-Bright. And if they have questions, we'll have answers.
on the next Bible Answer Show.